0: Hey guys, we're talking about a part of the game today that is very near and dear to my heart. It is an aspect that I turned from an absolute fear and a weakness into a full-blown strength. And what I'm talking about are distance wedges. So those half wedge shots, anything inside of a full shot all the way to just off the green. So think of it as 60 yards and in, and those are shots that people really, really struggle with And this technique that I've learned over the years uh, comes from Dave Pels and it literally, literally took me from the brink of quitting this game to standing on the first tee at Shinnecock Hills in the US Open. So uh, I am very, very passionate about wedge play and I wanna get you started on a technique that really works, helps you make good impact and control distances. A lot of you guys are listening, shooting me questions. If you have other questions, Bork at pga.com or hit me up on social media. I want this to be a two-way street, guys. Shoot me stuff. I'll talk about it. I'll make sure that you guys are improving your games. Enjoy this one. I think it's going to be super helpful. This is Golf Essentials with Casey Bork. So my passion for wedge play really started when I got out of college back in uh, 1999. Um, I had had an average college career, played on a great team, but never really played that great. Um, I fought the yips in college and sort of got through that. But um, as I started playing professionally on some mini tours and things, wedge play was the glaring weakness. And I noticed when I was playing and and if I was nervous under pressure, I would lay up to a full wedge shot. On par fives, I'd be laying back to 100 yards or something like that. So that I could have a full shot, and this was because I totally feared those 50 yard, 40 yard shots. I just, I just didn't have the technique. I didn't have the confidence, um, especially if the lie wasn't wasn't just right. And um, I can tell you, uh, Dave Pell's um, a, a leading instructor um, has a book out there. Highly recommend it. It's called Dave Pell's Short Game Bible, and it literally changed my golf life. Um, it turned this glaring weakness of wedge play, something that I, I avoided, into an absolute strength. Literally in a, in a six-month window, I worked on it excruciatingly, and I turned it into a part of my game where I was standing over 50-yard shots in tournaments thinking about holding it. Like I was getting that precise. And so I am hugely passionate on this part of the game Um, I, I had some modest successes playing golf, um, played in the U S open, um, won a few tournaments here and there, but it would never have happened without that book, without this technique. Um, so I'm going to, this is a big, big part of how I think about playing golf. Um, mostly because, okay. So the, the way that Dave Pels explains it is that part of the game, he calls it the distance wedges. Um, So anything under a full wedge shot. So for me, my lob wedge, I probably hit that full maybe 80 yards or something like that. And so anything inside of that where you're forced to have an in-between shot. And what he noticed, he spent three years plotting shots on the PGA Tour way back when he was getting going. He's a a former NASA scientist, so he brought the scientific method to evaluating the game of golf. And he wanted to try to figure out what the biggest correlations were to performance and, or money earned on the PGA Tour. And um, so that's sort of the golden ticket, right? And he he figured out after plotting shots that the biggest correlation to money earned on the PGA Tour, the, the players, at least in his time, who were the very best of all time at this were guys like Tom Kite and Lee Trevino. and so he was trying to figure it out, and, and what, he, what he learned was in plotting shots, so full shots, half shots, that PGA Tour players were hitting, if you consider a, a target being, say, the flagstick in the middle of a green, if you hit a 1,000 full seven irons to that, that target in the middle of the green, the dispersion of balls is not circular. It's an oval with the, the wider part of the oval extending sideways. So what he figured out was when you're hitting a any full shot, any of them, a three wood, a four iron, a seven iron, and a sand wedge, if you're hitting a full shot, the dispersion is an oval and it extends sideways. So he figured out that for full shots, direction control was the more more difficult of the two variables, right? Distance and direction, you got to get that right to be on target. Um, and in plotting his shots for any of the, the instant you move inside of a half shot, the oval flipped and it turned 90 degrees and the wedges from 50 yards chip shots from around the greens, um, anything less than a full shot. He figured out that the dispersion now was an oval extending lengthwise. So it's easy to hit a short shot online, it's much more difficult to get the distance correct. And this was an epiphany for him. He figured out that by definition, we got to have a, a different technique for these shots because distance control is the premium whereas with full shots, directional control is the premium. And that's what I really really want to get into over time here and I, I notice, and and you guys playing the game notice, the guys on TV, the really good players are really good from those ranges, and the average golfer is really terrible, right? You're you're blading them, you're chunking them, you're not hitting it close, and moving deeper. And I'll get through this sort of analysis stuff, but I really want to convince everyone this is this is really the thing that can catapult your game. Uh, Dave Pell's figured out, okay. The 50% make range on the PGA Tour for putting is roughly 7 feet. And what he deduced, and and through plotting all these shots, was wedge play was the most valuable because that was the opportunity to gain a shot. So a good wedge shot from 50 yards gets you inside that 7-foot or 10-foot range where you're likely to make the next putt and a poor wedge shot knocks you out of that range, and there's your, your full shot differential, okay? Whereas if you're hitting great five irons to 15 feet, that's statistically a two putt. You're hitting a so-so five iron to 40 feet, that's statistically also a two putt, right? So those are fractions of shots. By hitting a better five iron, you're gaining fractions of shots. By hitting better wedges, you're gaining full shots, for sure. And the average player more than one shot probably. You know the difference between chunking it in the bunker or sculling it over the green. You make double when you're in position to make par or birdie. It's a big deal. And uh, and it's also a hell of a lot more fun when you're wedging it close. Uh, so basic basic technique today. I'm gonna get into more of this. Uh, I'll, I'll probably talk about what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna extend this. I'm gonna have a, a couple of sessions consecutive consecutively here because it's that important. I want you guys to, to digest how you go about wedge play and exactly what you need to be doing. So the basic principles of controlling distance with your wedges, what you need is efficient contact, consistent contact. You need the club to be bottoming out in the same place repeatedly every single time, right? We don't want to be chunking and sculling it. And we need to bring the proper amount of power to that shot, something that we can calibrate, something that we can control. And done correctly, the system that that I use, I literally write yardages, I label the underside of the shafts of my wedges with carry distances, and they are to the yard. So I have specific swings and specific shots that carry the ball 45 yards or 36 yards. Um, it's easier. It, it, it really is more practical than you think. Um, it sounds a, a bit anal, but it's, it's really possible for you guys to get to that point. So what we're doing in a full swing, you've got a lot of things going on. You've got a lot of sources of power. You're shifting your weight, right? You're hinging your wrists. You're releasing the club. You're torquing, meaning you're you're feeling like your body is twisting and then uncoiling as you swing. And uh, you're adding power through all the various parts of your your swing in your body. With good wedge play, what we want to do is eliminate all the sources of power. Like we don't want any power coming from our hands or our body torquing or our weight shift. The only source of power is the length of your swing. Okay, so if we want, and it's really simple, if we want to hit the ball farther, we just make a longer swing, meaning we take the club further back. And if we want to hit it shorter, we bring the back club back shorter. And what that helps us do is calibrate. And it and with some practice, with just a little bit of energy on a on a regular basis, you're going to start really, really tuning in to how far that ball is landing and you're gonna be making more efficient contact all the time. It's gonna feel so much easier. And I can tell you I've, I've been playing golf when I was so nervous I was ready to throw up and, it's, and it works when you're so nervous you, you can hardly breathe. So here's the thing. We wanna to stand to the ball with our feet much closer together, like just six inches apart, okay? And this is because we don't want that lateral motion We don't want to be sliding back and forth and what we also want to do when we stand over the ball, we want to choke down on the club a little bit. This gives us a little more control, a little more on top of the ball. And so when we stand there, we want our arms and our shoulders super relaxed. We want our arms just sort of hanging hanging like noodles. Okay. And you want to, you want to practice this. If you're up north, practice this indoors. You can get in a mirror and figure out uh, how the motion is going because ultimately we just need a lot of repetitions because what we want to do is maintain that super light soft arm soft hand pressure throughout the entire swing that's that's the key most people when they hear hold the club soft they start out holding, holding it soft but as they swing they squeeze the hell out of it and and they get quick and they get nervous right so what we wanna do is get comfortable so that we can hold the club super soft. I'm, I'm talking a, a, on a scale of one to 10, it's like a one or a two, like the club is gonna fly out of your hands, which it won't, okay? So we're standing over the ball real soft and when we make our motion, we're we're again, we're feeling very, very soft and what we wanna do is swing the club in a rhythm, right, that sort of backswing through swing, tick, tock, that's, that's a rhythm that's going to be unique to you and your body type. So if you're short, if you're tall, if you're wide, if you're thin, um, everybody has a different body body type, biorhythms. You need to find the rhythm, sort of that tick-tock that feels best for you because that never wavers. And I'm telling you, even all the way down to three-foot putts, okay? So those those half swings have a, have a constant rhythm for every one of your short swings. And once you dial that in, once, and, and by the way, that rhythm, I would define it as, as you're swinging, so you're turning your body back and through in some sort of cadence that feels good to you. The way that I would define it is, at no point in your swing are you holding the club back, like slowing it down, or are you nudging it forward or abruptly moving it or pushing it forward? So you can sort of feel, literally, if your arms were like rope hanging from your shoulders, you turn your core back and through at this cadence that is comfortable and consistent with your own biorhythms. So we're standing over the ball, feet relatively narrow, okay? If you're indoors, just, Just do this without a ball in front of you. And if you're at the range, do the same. Do it without a ball in front of you because what we're trying to do is is iron out this motion first and then we're gonna just put balls in the way, okay? So our feet are relatively narrow. Our body is similar posture, but we're just allowing our, our shoulders and our arms to just hang like spaghetti, okay? really, really soft, ultra lightweight, because we don't want power coming from our hands. That's not consistent when we're nervous, right? We don't want that variable into the equation. And if we are truly have these dead hands, Pels uses the, the word dead hands, which I love. If we're truly doing that and we take the club back, we're, we're maintaining this grip pressure of one or two on a scale of one to 10, we're feeling the club just swing around our body and as long as our body isn't raising up or lowering or shifting side to side, you're gonna see the club impact the turf in the same place every time, right? You're brushing the rug or the grass in the same place every time. You just turn your core back and through, no lateral motion, no acceleration, no squeezing. It's a rhythm that's comfortable to you. And, and as you're making these swings, What we start out doing is our nine o'clock swing. So we want to calibrate our nine o'clock swing by taking the club back to a point where your left arm is parallel to the ground. And in future times, we're going to talk about, you know, the face of the clock. And that has to do with your left arm. Left arm is parallel to the ground. Your wrists have naturally hinged. And you're not... You're not, doing, you're not manipulating the club. Again, you're not exerting force on the club with your hands at all. If you're swinging in a proper rhythm, your, your hands are going to naturally hinge. I like to think of it as just oily wrists. Imagine your, your wrists are just oily, right? They, they hinge up and down only because the weight of the club is sort of putting them in that position. But we're taking the club back to 9 o'clock and swinging through to wherever the momentum takes us. Okay, So belt buckle facing the target. So as we make this motion, it, it's a little bit different in a way that try to feel like the your sternum, so the center of your chest, and your belt buckle are moving together. So if you if you see a picture, if you've seen some of my videos, you see that so so the belt buckle and your your sternum rotate together. So that your, your, your shirt isn't, isn't folding, right? It's not these diagonal folds that you see when, when a golfer is coiling, your, your shirt continues to sort of hang from your body because your lower body is rotating with your lower body. We we don't want a body coil. Again, we don't want power. So, and, and just for reference guys, you know, I hit my sand wedge, say a hundred yards on a on a, on a normal full swing, um, if I if I make a nine o'clock sand wedge swing, it flies 46 yards. So it it's literally half the distance. We're not trying to hit it far. We're trying to hit it the same distance every time. Okay. So our our stance is narrow, relaxed. We're swinging in a bio a, our own biorhythm. And I want you to rehearse these nine o'clock swings over and over again, where you feel like your belt buckle is rotating with your sternum so that your shirt is, is hanging limp. Okay. But you're, you're turning in a barrel. We're not shifting laterally. And the whole time our arms are just hanging from our body like rope. And if you can rehearse these motions to the point where you feel that rhythm, you feel comfortable, do it do it for 5 minutes every night in front of the TV 10 minutes or whatever I'm telling you in a week you're going to really start to feel all right that's where i need to be and you're going to see the club bottoming out in the same place every time and this is going to help your short game like crazy because once you get this concept down to hit the ball different trajectories right to hit it high or hit it low or hit it dis- different distances we're just going to be able to replace different wedges so we can make that nine o'clock swing with a sand wedge or a lob wedge or a pitching wedge or a seven iron if you're punching out of the woods it's hugely valuable or um this is the same motion uh in in many respects that we're going to use when we hit bunker shots and things like that so this is this is by far the best best technique to learn for all things short game off the green from Literally 60 or 70 yards and in. Uh, this is the technique you got to get down. So, real soft hands and when and if you decide if you're out on the range and you decide you want to let some balls get in the way, put it up on a tee a little bit. Put it put it like an inch in the air. Just because I don't want you guys to obsess about impact and the result. I, I really, really want you guys to internalize this motion. It's, gonna, it's a new motion. It's a different motion. I want you guys to reach out to me if you have questions on this. Uh, but we'll get into the, the details of it and calibrating and benchmarking these distances so that you guys can quit laying up to full yardages because, as Dave Pell's figured out statistically, you're just you're just not as good from 120 yards as you could be from 40 yards you're going to you're going to get it up and down a lot more from 40 than 120 and when that comes when that comes to par 5s getting up and down for birdie or if you hit it in the woods and you punch out of the out of the woods you can afford to make that safe play back in the fairway if you have confidence that the next one you got a good chance of getting up and down and making your par or saving a bogey and and moving on uh, we make crazy decisions when we don't have as much confidence, right? So if I know that I'm gonna really struggle from 50 yards, I'm not gonna punch out to 50 yards. I'm gonna try to hit it through the narrow gap in the in the trees and try to hit it on the green. Okay, so I want you guys to to really internalize this technique: narrow stance, noodle arms. Okay rotation of our lower and upper body together in a rhythm that is comfortable for us and try to see that that club is bottoming out it's impacting the turf in the same place every single time and if you want to put some balls in the way try to focus on that soft hand pressure through impact and ideally what we want is speed through the ball so whatever whatever Speed is accumulated based on the length of your swing without falling out of your rhythm. We're never accelerating the club, We're never slowing the club down either. as the as the club comes through and impacts the ball, if you do this right, you got speed, but the ball comes off like a marshmallow. It comes off the club really, really soft. If the club is if the ball is springing off the club, If you're doing a 9 o'clock swing with a sand wedge and the ball's going 80 yards, you're, you're not soft enough. I mean, you need to get as soft as you possibly can where you feel like the club is going to fall out of your hands. And that forces you to stay in your rhythm. So the best way to keep that rhythm, the only way, in my opinion, to do it consistently when your heart's racing and you're anxious is to really have those soft noodle arms. And now you're relying on physics. You're relying on physics to bring the club back to the ball repeatedly, right? Imagine swinging a pendulum from a rope from a fixed point. That thing bottoms out at the same point every single time. It's when we when we interfere with those physics. We interfere with our grip pressure and our lateral motion and our manipulating of the club. That's when we start sculling and chunking and chipping, right? So... That's, that's what we need to try to internalize. This is the start of a, of a really, really cool system that took me from shooting 74s and at, at some point in time, I'll tell you the story, at some point in time I, I told my dad that I was going to quit golf altogether. All the way to the point of you know standing on the first tee at Shinnecock Hills in the U.S. Open. I, I honestly would, would not have made that turnaround without this technique. So I love it, guys. I'm super, super passionate about wedge play and distance wedges. I've told Dave Pels to his face um, after a presentation at the PGA show that I think think he was sort of dismissing me. And I said, hey, Dave, I just wanted to pull you aside and, and say thank you you honestly changed my golf life? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, I played in the U.S. Open, and I would not have gotten there if it wasn't for you. And he and he sort of gave me this double take, like, really, really? And he, and he asked me about it, and um, he didn't have much time at the time, but uh, it was super cool to, to, to meet and thank the, the guy that uh, really changed my life in, in, in a huge way just by writing this book. So the Dave Pell's Short Game Bible, I can't plug it enough, and um, it's it's excellent. So I hope this stuff helps, guys. Shoot me an email, um, cbork at pga.com. If you have any questions about this, I will uh, do my best to address all your questions. Uh, alternatively, you can go to aboutgolf.org, my website, and you can fill out a form on the podcast page uh, to submit any questions. Hit me up on social media. I want this to be a listener-driven program. I don't want to be talking to the, to the wall. You guys have been pretty good asking me questions. I want to have some of you on the show. If you uh, would like to have me call you up and um, ask some questions in person, I want to make myself available that way as well, um, as much as I can. And um, so that'll be really, really fun if we can start building a community where it's a two-way conversation And, uh, I love, I love doing these things and I'm going to keep doing it. So go work on your wedges, work on that motion. And I think you're really, really going to see some quick improvement. If you dedicate just a little bit of time every day to nailing down that, that smooth, soft rhythm that you see that silky motion, you know, look at guys like Phil Mickelson and those, those, the flop shots they hit around the green. That all stems from, you know, Dave Pelz's technique. If you look back, Mickelson worked with Dave Pels for a while. So uh, awesome stuff, guys. Good luck to you.